This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Doe, Matt Harmon here with you, and you're listening to Reception, Perception, the show. Uh, Matt, my voice, uh, it's not all the way back, but it is back enough. And I got to play hurt. That's what you got to do sometimes. You got to tough it out a little bit. But uh, I'm back, baby. Let's go. Well, I appreciate you being back, man. Uh, you know, I host enough uh, podcasts on, on you know, other <laughs> venues and stuff like that that right. I don't need to be I don't need to be jumping in the host chair of this one, too. But it was great for, for Gelhart to fill in. You know, we had a great episode talking about, like, the top five receivers in the NFL. So that was awesome. But always better. James, when you and I are doing this together, that's that's what this is all about, man. So I'm I'm glad to have you back, bro. And I hope well, you're feeling better the rest of the week. I know. I'm I'm just trying to get by, man. It's it's almost as if I need my voice to uh to work or something. I know it's kind of crazy. <laughs> a little um, bit. but yeah, a little bit. But um I will say this: the the show that you and Gelhar had was was fantastic. It's it's almost as if you guys had done it before. Almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, even if the microphones aren't there, um, you know. You could have put a couple beers in each of each of our exactly. hands and, you know, put a, you know, put us back in that old Selby apartment in West L.A. And it's like we've there had these is. conversations about 500 times. So, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no hard, no hard thing there. Uh, it's pretty yeah. easy. But, yeah, man, we uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about today uh, with the trade deadline happening. man. It was, it was a wild week. I mean, the craziest trade deadline, um, I mean, just in terms of total volume of trades going down. And it was kind of crazy, too. Right. Because. Again, we, we've seen a lot of trade deadlines where absolutely nothing happens. The other storyline that I thought was interesting about the whole trade thing was that the names that we thought were going to get moved didn't get moved. Kareem Hunt yeah. still with Cleveland. Brandon Cooks still with Houston. Like, you know, it, it, a lot of the guys that we thought might be on the move ended up just not getting moved at all. But I want to talk about some some of the trades here. Let's talk about some trade winners, some trade losers. And later in the show, it's bye week apocalypse. Six teams on a bye. So, um, you know, we talk regular football here, but we, of course we talk fantasy football here. 
as well. I want to get the people prepared, ready. You need some deeper sleepers. All right, fine. Let's get you ready with some sleepers on the back end of this show as well. But I want to start in Green Bay because to me, Matt, clearly one of the losers because absolutely no movement, which I guess shouldn't surprise folks, but I mean, come on, Green Bay. Make a move. Make a damn move, Green Bay. What is going on? How can they not make a move during the trade deadline? Well, it's like a bit at this point, and they're they're pretty darn well committed to that bit, you know, not adding a wide receiver. You <laughs> right. know, um, exactly. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show thinking, uh, oh man, I you know, hope we can have something something to break here in the middle of the show. Nothing. Nope. Um, you know, apparently they were in on the Chase Claypool discussion. We'll talk about Claypool um later on. You know. I don't know what it would have taken to get Brandon Cooks. By the way, I mean, you, you brought up Brandon Cooks. It is a little weird that Cooks, you know, seems like he's a little miffed that he didn't get traded. You know, he had a cryptic tweet right after the trade deadline pass, you know, messing with talking about messing with his career, all that stuff. I mean, buddy, you signed a contract extension with the Texans this offseason. What did you think was going to happen? What did you think this team was going to be competing? Like, so I'm not, and I'm never the like honor the contract guy, you know, that's not <laughs> right, what I'm right, saying right, at all. Right, 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 but right. it's just like, yeah, the Texans were going to be bad. They are bad. What, what do we expect? But I don't know what it would have taken to get Cooks. You know, he has a big salary. That extension probably made it harder for him to get moved. You know, I, I bet that was probably 100%. more complicated in it. And, you know, the other guy that was, you know, maybe available that didn't get traded was Jerry Judy. Um, you know, I, I still, I'm not 100% sure how good of a player Jerry Judy is. I think he's, he's certainly moved past Cortland Sutton the last three weeks, which, you know, I've been saying that was probably going to happen for a while now. But that's more of a Sutton thing and more of just the the the, the volume there is not great in Denver. So I, no. I still think Judy, like, is he a is he a number one receiver? Probably not. I think he might be no. like a boom bust number two. But boom bust number two would help out the Packers a lot. So I was not surprised that they didn't get and I don't even want to hear I don't even want to entertain the Elijah Moore thing. Like that was come on, if you were out there like praying for Elijah Moore to go to the Packers, like you need to get 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 help man because you're never you'll never (laughs) you'll never be happy if that's the type of stuff you're hoping for i mean even something small uh like how about just like if again i we talked about this in the preseason i mean like the jets if they could move like denzel mims like even something something small to just a, a bone that green bay could throw the fan base that they could throw aaron Rodgers. like oh hey we got this athletic long you know, outside wide receiver could be a field stretcher for you, Aaron. You know, yeah. second round pick. We got him for a fourth. It's not bad. You know what I mean? Like something, anything to make this happen, man. I, I don't know. I, I just, you're right. It's a bit at this point, Green Bay not making a move. And, and again, it's like, oh, wow, shocker. They didn't make a trade. But I, it just felt like this team is different, right? Because in years past, they weren't this bad. Now they're bad. Right. I think you could have justified it in the past to say, Hey, um, we have Devonte Adams. Like we don't need a great number two. Like we're fine. If Alan Lazard is our number two or the ghost right. of Randall Cobb is our number two, because we have Devonte Adams, but ne- like you could justify that you could justify not taking like, you know, Justin Jefferson or Brandon Ayuk in that, in that 2020, uh, NFL draft, or even last year, you know, the year before, not this last draft, but the 2021 draft, like you could still justify it because you had, you have a great running back in Aaron Jones and you have a great, um, the, the best wide receiver in football in, in Devontae Adams. We can't really justify right. now at this point when like Alan Lazard's your number one and he's dealing with an injury, you know, and it's just kind of like, it's really hard to win in the NFL when you 
when you don't have wide, like when you don't have wide receivers, you know, when, when, um, you know, your top three catch players are Robert Tanyan, you know, with 35 catches and, and Tanyan's not, Tanyan's not even like a, like a star tight end. He's like a fringe starter at the position. Um, Romeo Dobbs is your number two in terms of catches and he's a fourth round rookie. And then, you know, Aaron Jones is, is, is there at the third spot? Well, he's tied. No, he's tied with Romeo Dobbs for second on the team and catches with 30 that's and like, so bad. that's cute on paper. It's, it's cute in fantasy projections. And like, you know, I, I, I this is the stuff that like, it's so easy to say this heading into week nine, middle of the season, but it's like, you want to go back and tell yourself in the summer when Aaron Rodgers and like, and the coaching staff is like, Oh, I think we can get both backs on the field. Like we can get both backs to 50 catches and, and want to be like, dude, if you're, have two backs that catch 50 passes your offense is going to suck like just heads up in in the, in the year 2022 yeah, I, it's like i wish i wish you'd go back and like remind the fantasy like news cycle in the offseason the news cycle in the offseason that hey if that's what your offense is going to look like it's going to be really really bad so yeah it's it's just more the same and i feel like we'll just keep getting what we're getting from green bay because uh, of the lack of moves here if you had like christian mccaffrey and george kittle as a tight end yeah. running back that were like leading targets and re- fine you know, fine, but that's not who you got, man. Like otherwise functional NFL offenses need wide receivers to be their leading receivers. Call me crazy. Mm -hmm. Call me crazy. Uh, green Bay. I don't think has a functional offense. As a matter of fact, Aaron Rodgers, as you guys probably know, has topped out at 255 yards passing topped out. Oh my God. Has not had a single 300 yard game. Come on. It's Aaron Rodgers we are talking. And don't get me wrong, and I know Packer fans and, and Aaron Rodgers haters, like, I, I get it. They're circling the wagons right now. I get it. Rodgers has not played like a two-time or, you know, consecutive MVP. I, I totally understand that part. He hasn't. That being said, the cupboard is bare, man. And, Matt, what is even more of a stark contrast is when you see guys like like A.J. Brown, go to a new team and absolutely lift the offense. When you see Tyreek Hill go to Miami and absolutely lift an offense, these guys are lifting offenses, man. Green Bay, let that be a strength. As a matter of fact, we mm-hmm. talked about it ad nauseum last year about the Bengals selecting Jamar Chase. They don't go to the Super Bowl with, with Panay Sewell, man. Like, I'm sorry. It just right. doesn't yeah, happen. 100%. Yeah. Right? So they take Jamar Chase, and what happens? The passing game now becomes a thing. It's a strength. That's the identity of their team. You would think with Aaron Rodgers that you would want that to be the identity of your team, but no, with a guy like LaFleur, he always wants the identity to be the run game for whatever reason. I don't know why. Anyways, we'll move on. Green Bay, um, I thought a big-time loser during the, the, the trade deadline. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I really liked what Baltimore did only because I think Roquan Smith is the perfect guy to go to Baltimore. He's like the most Baltimore linebacker ever, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. I love it. And I love the fact that he's now wearing this random ass wide receiver number. He's wearing 18. Oh, God. I'm sorry. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. You know what's funny, man? He's going to look so fast. 
He's going to wear that 18 and he's going to look so much faster in that 18 than in whatever, whatever, what he was wearing in Chicago, man. I I dig it. I love it. I know it's crazy, but I love it. It's just the whole number thing, man. (laughs) I'm still, I'm, I'm more used to the, you know, like saying the wide receivers wearing single digits. Okay. I can get used to that. But like, you know, you get a linebacker wearing 18. It's just, that's tough, man. Yeah. It's it's tough. Um, I hinted at it just a little bit. Pittsburgh trades away Chase Claypool. They, I thought they got a King's ransom, dude. Like, I cannot really believe surprising. the Bears paid what they paid to go get Chase Claypool, especially after trading away Roquan Smith. When you trade away Roquan Smith and say, okay, well, we're going to take, you know, a low second round pick for that. Okay, that that's I think that's fine. But you're also telling you're also saying, like, hey, we're kind of sort of in rebuild mode. Then they give up their own second round pick to go get Chase Claypool. And it's a very, it's a muddled strategy, I think, for Chicago. And, and quite frankly, I, I thought I thought Pittsburgh just got amazing value for a guy who was their number three uh, wide receiver. Yeah, um, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. It's a little um, puzzling for the Bears and, you know, they end up, that will probably be a reasonably high pick. Uh, it'll be higher than there, but it's nice to, you know, they have another second rounder, you know, apparently they just weren't going to do the deal with Roquan Smith because of positional value, which, you know, some people just don't value off ball linebackers that way. But, you know, if Chase Claypool comes in there and plays really well, like, I mean, even if he doesn't play really well, like he can, <laughs> I don't know if he'll, he'll, he'll do it, but like he could hold out for a contract extension, you know, cause he'll be eligible for an extension after this year, him and Darnell Mooney both could, you know, but the problem is like neither of these dudes are like w- number one receivers. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they're probably like best as number threes. And you know, Chase Claypool had a really promising rookie season. You know, even in reception perception, there was good um, notes there. But then his second season, he really, really struggled as an out pure outside receiver. Couldn't separate. He's also like he just doesn't play to his size at all. Um, you know, no. he, he, he's big. He's like two thirty plus six forty, um, but he doesn't win contested catches i mean that's been my biggest problem with chase claypool is that he does not consistently win 50 50 balls and it's like you should be you know you're you're getting comparisons to like remember when they called him mapletron in his rookie year because he's Ah, from canada or whatever and it's like you should be winning those 50 50 balls man and he he does not um but i I think he can be an interesting like big i think he's got to stay as a big slot i think he's got to stay as sort of like an open field design touches type of player um, but that still leaves him with a gaping hole, you know, for like a big physical perimeter guy, the strategy part of it. I mean, I, I just don't really, I don't really know how I feel about Chase Claypool as, as a player, I guess is where I'm at with it. I, I think he's probably a D like a guy you can get away with starting, but you probably want to be your three, which is kind of sounds like where Darnell Mooney is as a player. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't give either of those guys like $20 million when that's probably what the market will be when they come up for a contract extension, just after the whole Christian Kirk thing, stuff like that. I mean, Christian Kirk, better football player than those two guys, but long story short, like I just, I think Chicago's receiver core is better with chase Claypool. How much better is the question, but it's clear that like what, what this move does signal to me is that the bears have now seen enough to be like open-minded to Justin Fields being their guy, you know, because he's played pretty well the last three or four weeks. That 100%. I think Luke Getze has sort of evolved his thinking and play calling and the way he designs the offense around Justin Fields' skill set. You know, they've gotten him on so many more designed runs and things like that. This this goes to show that I think okay, they're they're 
they're like, let's get Fields some help so he can continue to grow and develop so that we can feel even better about him going into 2023. 20, uh, you know what I feel like the offense has done just from a visual standpoint, I don't have any data to back this up, but just, <clears throat> just watching them play. It seems as if they've really kind of reduced the number of options that Fields has. First or second read, if it's not their run. Um, and I think that's been really good for Fields. He He's not... What I think what the problem was in the first, like, you know, maybe four or five weeks of the season, he just looked lost. He had no confidence. He didn't know when to pull the trigger. Um, and I think that really hurt him. And then I feel like they simplified his looks, you know? So either you're going to go to your first, you're going to go to your primary. And if it, that's not there, go to your secondary check down. And if the check down's not there, freaking run it. And that has really proven itself over the last four weeks where he's averaging, I don't know, something like 75 rush yards a game or something, something really impressive. I will say this, what is truly interesting is that all four teams that he has played where he has played well, those are all teams that are top 10 in total sacks. So every single time he's been under pressure, he has been able to tuck it and run. Mm -hmm. At some point though, Matt, I wonder if other D coordinators around the league are going to say, we're really going to kind of give him like that mush pass rush and just say, you got to beat us with the arm. Um, yeah. And that's really where I think it will really be interesting um, to see if he has developed because you know what, man, like when he can set his feet and throw the ball, it looks freaking beautiful. I mean yeah. that the yeah. ball He's comes out of his arm. hand. He's got a great arm, good touch. The ball just comes out. Like it, he's got a very live arm and it looks awesome. Um, I just think confidence is a little bit of a thing. I think, you know, and again, I, I just, can he make the reads, you know, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's been a great month of football uh, for Justin Fields. And you're right. I think this month of football encouraged the Bears, Chicago to make that move to go get Chase Claypool. How much is Chase Claypool going to help Justin Fields? I actually don't know. To me, that seems pretty murky. Like that's why, the, that's another reason why I thought the trade was weird. How are they going to utilize Chase Claypool? I don't know. That's a great question because again, I think he needs to be almost like a almost like a pseudo tight end, you know, big um, big slot type of guy. Like he's not good enough as a separator to win on the outside, and he's not good enough in contested situations to offset those separation concerns. So right. he's not like a boundary X receiver type. He is got to be that movable chest, which. You know, Darnell Moody's been like a pseudo slot guy this year. He's been about 50-50 inside, outside. Right. So, you know, does Chase Claypool become that guy? I, I don't know. I mean, of course, the Packers were also apparently in on Chase Claypool, but, you know, the Bears had more like a higher, a likely higher second round pick to give right. back. Although, I mean, they, they do have the same record as the Packers, so it's not. <laughs> but I mean, I think we, we assume that that'll change at some point, but. Um, maybe not, maybe don't assume that, but yeah, that's a there. He's a very Packers guy, Chase Claypool. He's like, like Christian Watson is like, a, is like Chase Claypool in, in some senses. So that made sense that Green Bay was involved in that. But yeah, I, I don't know how Claypool is going to be utilized there. And I think again, from the strategy angle, it was like, let's just get this guy into building right now, have him start building some chemistry with fields. And, you know, we know Chase Claypool can be a, like a functional NFL receiver. Like he can play in the NFL. Uh, we don't know that some second-round rookie next year is going to be able to do that.